intellectually petty radio on your stereo Don't compare us to anything, this a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order Intellectually petty radio on your stereo Don't compare us to anything, this a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order And you are now tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio, brought to you by M3S3 Clothing. Men make moves and suckers stand still. And as always, on the mighty, mighty, mighty Nerd DJs Radio Network, y'all already know, man, legend after legend after legend after legend, because that's all we do around here. And today is absolutely no exception. You ask anybody, especially in the city of Detroit, the fashion god it's Ty Mopkins, and we just so happen to have lucked up and got the brother on the show. What's going on, man? How you doing? What up, though, man? How you feeling today? What up, though, man? I'm feeling. Uh, I'm not feeling too good, to be quite honest. I'm sick as hell. What's wrong? Oh, I woke up the other day, uh, just like 1 o'clock in the morning, just uh, cold. It's just been kicking my ass, too, man. I think somebody called you. Yeah, but other than that, man, I'm like, no, no, it's Ty Mopkins, bro. I may not get this opportunity again. <laughs> Fuck it. No, nah, man, uh, man, when you, you know, the first thing is your health, man. I got to make sure you're right first. Oh, man, I'll be all right. You know, I've had a cold before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, long, just long as it ain't the other stuff, you know. No, no, no. Trust me, we checked. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, man, I had that when it first came out. That, that ain't nothing to play with, bro. I've had it a couple of times. One time, I couldn't even tell. Really? Uh, yeah, the other time, I was, I, I was sick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fashion, man. Where did it start for you? Uh, to be honest with you, from my from my late great father, my 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 dad was a dresser, you know. But during his stage, they wore suit slacks. In Detroit, you know, we call them dress suit. I mean, dress shoes. Mm. So, you know, he 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 always stayed clean, man. I've never seen. I think my dad whole life, I've probably only seen him in jeans maybe three or four times. You know, he was, he from that era where they wore slacks and, and, you know, and khakis and things like that. So I got it from my dad, man. My dad, my dad will always say, you know, look like a million dollars if you only got a penny. You know, you're going, you're going to fool somebody, you know, <laughs> and uh, I, I would say my dad because my dad would lay it out, you know, and the one thing I got from my father is that, and I still do it to this day, I lay out what I'm going to wear tomorrow already the day before. So I already know what I'm going to wear tomorrow because it's already laid out. So my dad will always do that. He'll go downstairs, he'll iron, put them sharp creases, get everything going. Everything will be pressed and ready to go for him to step out tomorrow, even if he's only going to the corner store. He's going to be clean. Man, niggas don't know about the, the creases no more. It's a lost no. art. No, 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 no. Especially, especially when he did wear jeans. You know, he he would get that uh, that Niagara starch, spray them oh. jeans, you know, hit them creases in it. You know, oh man, they don't know, man. They don't know, man. Yo, these young kids, they don't get it. That was a whole process. Oh yeah, my god, man. So when did like, when did you get into the business of fashion? Uh, I would say. 94 and that's when i started at diaconic strictly sportswear so really oh yeah oh yeah, yeah I, I didn't see that i got puffer reds i got mr allen's i did not see strictly and that shit was right up the street from me that's why i got my first start at by the late great dorothy hamlin and her son uh the late great calvin hamlin jr uh you know they they took a liking to me and when i started at strictly i started the lowest you can go like on the, uh, you know, my my first, my first six months, I probably didn't even see the sales floor in Strictly Sportswear because I was out there cleaning outside, picking up weeds, uh, in the back, uh, putting up shoes, doing stock, running all this other stuff. So, I had to I had to earn my way to get on the sales floor, and 
I appreciate that because that taught me the ins and outs on really how to run a business because, you know, Miss Hamlet would always say, I'm not going to ask you to do nothing that I wouldn't do. You know, sometimes she'd be out there with me, you know, doing the things like that. So I was there from 94 to 99. Yeah. So I learned the majority, I would say 40% of what I do now because other places I went to, I've learned so much from mm. that I learned a lot from Strictly Sportswear. They, they gave me my first start. If it wasn't for the Hamlin family, I, I it, it wouldn't be no time out there. Yeah, that was definitely the first store that I can recall that was a clothing store that black people owned. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even to this day. So you look at it now, and this is since uh, this going on 40 years now of business. So I don't know if, if Seven Mile need to be renamed strictly because it's probably the longest, if not not just black, but just business period on seven mile. I don't know. Tennies might get them around for their money. Yeah, but you know, I, I I would and and no offense, no offense to them, but no no business have meant a lot to the city of Detroit. No, and seven mile like strictly sportswear has. I, I I would agree with that, and I love the jaw sandwich that Tennies been going there my whole life. Of course, of course. Yeah. She, of she course. grew up on the west side. Yeah, yeah, born and raised, Grand River and Oakman area, Grand River living noise area, twelve thousand block of Roselawn. Oh, okay, yeah, because I grew up on, on Seven Mile and Southfield. Okay, okay, so yeah, 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 so 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 you know yeah. the very well. Oh yeah, yeah, you used to hit the hip hop shop, you know, and then we go to Strictly. Yep. Shout know. out Maurice Malone, and yeah. and Maurice Malone is one of my mentors as well. So, so underrated. Yes, and I tell everybody, I, I when, 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 when I get these accolades. Because people always say the goat, the goat, this, 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 fashion god, the king. I said, listen, if you're talking the goat of Detroit, it's Maurice Malone. And Maurice Malone is here, and everybody else is down here, including myself. Because he was the first to come out of here, mm-hmm. you know, to, to do it and do it on a national, national impact, you know. I'm only doing what I'm doing because of people like Maurice Malone that came from the city of Detroit and never forgot where he came from. You know, I mean, Maurice Malone, first person I've ever known, drove a Lamborghini from Detroit to Vegas to go to a trade show. So that's crazy. I I, I got stories for days about Maurice Malone. You know, he know he he is the true icon, the goat. To if put it like this, if if you want to rate us, he's Michael and I'm Kobe. I'm not mad at either one of those. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not mad. But he doesn't. Uh, I haven't seen him do interviews. Not to say that he hasn't. I've tried numerous times, and your man's just like no. No, no. Maurice Malone is like how uh, the electrifying mojo is to us too. How nobody ever seen who the electrifying mojo was. I may be. I may be dating myself right now by saying electrifying mojo. You see my face, right, bro? I'm just saying. No. <laughs> No offense, no offense to that, that mojo, but it's only one mojo in Detroit. I feel you. That, and, and, and that mojo flew the mothership. Oh, my God, man. You take me Tie knot. Yeah. Keep hanging. Keep remembering. Ain't nobody bad like you. Oh, my Don't God. Don't say damn. Man. Say whoa. <laughs> so I'm cut from that cloth. I'm cut from I'm cut from those cloths. Okay, so and I, I'm 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 reading. You know, I'm looking you up online. Okay. It, says, it says you can pretty much work for every shoe company. I, 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 well, I wouldn't say I worked for or worked I, with. with. I've, done, I've done projects with them. Have you done it? Why, are there Ty Mopkins 10s out there? Ty Mopkins top 10s? Yes. Uh, unofficially, yeah. Yeah. Bro, you have, you got, you've got to send me the link to get that. I, I, I still wear 10s to this day. Okay. Okay. But, it was a big controversy with that, with me and Adidas, that happened with that. So that's why I said unofficially, yeah. Did I profit off of that? No. So that's that. That'll lead up to something that that I'll, I'll come on the show again and we'll talk about. Okay, and you're welcome anytime, bro. I, I appreciate that. But right now we on that pony wave, man. You know we. You know, I see, and your boy Cino is repping hard too. Uh-huh. I love to see that. Uh-huh. So I became creative director for Pony, and. uh I'm in and out of New York a lot, so 
you know, I'm trying to revamp the pony stage. So we go from top tens. Now we scream the pony down again. So we're just getting that going as well, too. So, you know, it, it, it's it's a lot going on. Why pony? Because it meant something to us here in Detroit at one time. And those are the things that I like to do. Like, I like to take stuff that means something to my city, that means mm -hmm. something to our city, Detroit, because for so long we have been overlooked by uh, fashion, quote unquote, fashion experts to think that they know what they talk about. Because when I used to go to these shows or when I sit in these meetings, like with Nike, Adidas, Reebok, Fila, and all these other people, they don't they don't look at Detroit as leaders, right? They look at us as uh, not in a disrespectful way because they don't know, but they too mm. stuck in the Detroit. I mean, they, they I mean they too stuck in the New York, L.A. and even Chicago. So. When, when you start bringing up those cities above us, and I tell people all the time, nobody nobody spends money oh on fashion, God. and nobody Detroit. looks as good as people from Detroit. Facts. It's not even close either, bro. And, and and I'm telling you, I used to get in almost fights in these industries about that kind of stuff, man. And I tell people all the time, man, you can always tell when somebody from Detroit, by the, by the way they walk, talk, their attitude, everything. You can tell they're from Detroit. Oh my god! Yeah, I've, I've got. I've been living in Cleveland for a couple of decades now. Okay. Okay. And yeah, they definitely know I ain't from here. To the, <laughs> no, especially and, when you come out with them top tens, they don't. They yeah, they. Oh, I gotta keep a like. That's the only thing that I allow my kids really to buy me. Okay. You know, Father's Day, birthday. What do you want? You know what I want. Yep. It got to so, the point last year. They said, No, we're not buying you no more top tens. And they gave me this picture, but that's another story. I'm sorry. Go ahead, bro. No, it's cool. It's, it's cool. So, you know, here in Detroit, we have we have we have staple shoes, right? Mm -hmm. That that these companies call the Detroit shoe because it only sells here in the city of Detroit. That's the Adidas Top Ten, the Fila Tennis. We used to call them the Dope Man's. Yep. We used to call them 105 because they cost 105 dollars. The uh the the Rockport Pro Walker. See what I'm saying? <laughs> Kangaroo boots. Oh my God! And man. jingle boots. Oh, you're taking it way, way. So these are the back. things that are iconic, and that's a staple for us. See, see how we make these things. And now, I remember I used to fight hard with Adidas about the top ten, and you know I used to tell them all the time. I said, listen, for us in Detroit, we don't want all this other foo foo stuff, man. You know. No. I don't know if I cuss on here or not. So. Oh, absolutely. I do frequently. Okay. Okay, so I tell them we don't want all that foo foo shit, right? All you got to do for a D, like, no disrespect to Run DMC, no disrespect. But in Detroit, we really wouldn't know shell toes. Very, yeah. very so often we'll put on a pair of shell toes, but our go to was the top 10, Facts. the Concords, yes. the Decades, the Forms, the oh. Centennials, and they got to be padding up. Uh, I got a pair of Forms upstairs too. Ooh, crispy. See what I'm saying? I only so, wear them every so often. Right. And so you know you got something very good when you can pull it out and it draws an emotion. Yeah. Just like the things I do with Starter. Everything I do with Starter brings out an emotion. How, okay, so... You, you, I know we, you're trying we, to go on script, brother. I know you're trying to go on script, but it's... Well, no, I, well I, don't, I, I, I don't generally write questions, but I have questions. Go ahead. Like, um, so you get from you get from strictly you go to Puffer Red. No, no. What's so in between that? I go from strictly to open up my own story. It was called Hip Hop University. Okay. And so that used to be on Livernois and Ewall Circle, and we was really one of the first retailers in the city to bring back to bring in the uh, Mitchell Ness throwback jerseys. So now you're looking at the year two thousand. Okay. So so we had Hip Hop University from 2000 to 2003. Uh, unfortunately, we had to close it down because when we when we closed the store, the neighborhood opened it back up for us at two or three o'clock in the morning. So we had we had we had significant break ins. Oh. And, you know, when you a small minority business after like the third or fourth break in, insurance companies won't cover you because you're high risk. Yeah. So we we had we had to gut that out. So. I left. I mean, not I left. We 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 decided to fold up Hip Hop University and let that go. And uh, I had a run in Northland at this store called No Limits. So 
this was during a time when all the high-end stuff was starting to come in, like the Vizu, the Red Monkeys, mm-hmm. all that stuff. The jeans where you're spending like five, six, seven, eight hundred, nine dollars on jeans and all that. So I did a stint there, and then I had uh, left there because the one thing about it is that when you're in when, when you work for independent stores, you can only go far up the ladder. Yeah. Because the next step after that was ownership. And I wasn't, and you know, they wasn't going to make me part owner anywhere I went. So it was to the point where I would just always level up. And that's when I went to Puffer Reds. And uh, another very great, successful black-owned company with uh, Eric Williams out there in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Uh, he doesn't get the credit that he deserves uh, in this industry. So I always make sure I always carry the Strictly Sportswear uh, flag and the Puffer Reds flag just because it's very sentimental to me because it is a minority-owned business. And that's where I really started flourishing at when it came to the footwear part because now I was going to see Nike, I was going to see Adidas, and now I was sitting in these meetings with Eric and I was learning the game and, and what Eric was teaching me and just a lot of stuff that was already self-taught about mm-hmm. knowing your consumer, knowing what your people want, you know. And I tell people all the time, man, before I became a creator, I was a consumer. And I still am a consumer. So I know what I like. And I also always say, create the shit that you risk that you wish exists. Okay. So that's one of my that's one of my go to that I like to do too. I always like to create the shit that I want to see. You know, that's why a lot of shit comes so easy to me is because of one, I already didn't lived it. Two, I know what we want. And then three, it's something that I want as well, too. So, you know, I did, did maybe four years with Puffer Reds. And then once again, it's the syndrome that you can only grow so far. Right. And then that's when uh, actually I was recruited by Mr. Allen's. Like Mr. Allen's trying to get me to come join them so many times. And I would tell them no because of I didn't. I didn't I didn't know they wanted to change over from what they was doing. Because, you know, for years, Miss Downs was always a twenty nine or two for fifty store. You know, yeah, man. You, you know, and I didn't want to be a part of that part, right? <laughs> but no, let me tell you something. I would love to be a part of that because I saw how much money that stuff used to make. And I was like, Well shit, this is a new lane. You gotta do that. So one of the owner's son, uh, Jacob, uh-huh. he, he was heavily recruiting me to come there. And I was like, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't want to be a part of any discount stores. I don't think my career has sunk that low to where I got to take that, you know. And he was like, no, no, you don't get it. He said, we want you to come rebrand our whole, our whole image. We don't want to be the discount store no more. We want to be an upper elite store. We want to have all of the, the high-end stuff. We want to get away from the discount stuff and become a force in this industry. And once we sat down and we had meetings and I turned, I still turned it down a couple of more times. Uh-huh. And then they just made an offer that I really couldn't refuse an offer with not just, not, not just money, but freedom to be me. Uh-huh. Like, like I knew, and it's not a knock against nobody else. It, it, it's just not because when you own something, you got the right to say and do whatever the fuck you want to do, right? Facts. So, so with Mr. Allen's, I was able to create my own collection and sell it within Mr. Allen's, where it would become the Ty Mopkins times Mr. Allen's stuff, whether it was shoes or starter or new era or things like that. And that's what I really wanted more than anything, because at this time, I'm becoming more of a creative notable in the industry okay because i know what i'm talking about once again i know what i'm talking about and i know what we want to see so that's when i started doing the starter collection and then that right there is probably a four-part story within itself on how it took off and how it's actually going today and how it grew and you know i just I know you got questions, so I'm gonna let you say your question. No, bro, go ahead. Like, that's I'll, I'll keep on, and, and, and we'll just—you'll be like, "Well, damn, I did want to ask you this." 
I'm going. You know what? We could talk for thirty-seven hours, and I'm 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 gonna get off the phone and I mean get off the computer and be like, damn, I should have asked this. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna always have that feeling. Okay, so for the next couple of segments, let, let let's just go off questions and then just let me let me go. Um, Mama Soul, how did you pick her for that commercial? Well, you know what? Uh, I knew of her for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I first I was a fan of hers. You know, she's from Flint, so you know Detroit and Flint is like cousins. Yeah. And and actually, the president of Starter is from Flint. His name is Carl Banks. So he played football in the NFL. Oh, he went to Michigan State, right? Yeah, Michigan State, unfortunately. You know, I mean, everybody can't go. Oh, to wow, Michigan. that's cold, bro. I can't go to Michigan, so I mean, you know. <laughs> so went there, won two Super Bowls with the Giants, played along Lawrence Taylor, and like strictly sportswear. If it wasn't a Carl Banks, it wouldn't be a Todd Hopkins. Because he let me, once again, he let me be me, mm-hmm. you know. So met Mama So uh, several times at different functions, especially with my uh, with my brother uh, Rick Williams, uh, formerly of Barn Rubber, and he has his line called the Stink Flight. So he will always do these events, and Mama So would be there speaking. And so we just we just took a liking to each other, you know, real recognized real, and always kept in contact with, always followed her and all that. And so when I started the campaign this year for Black History Month, right, mm-hmm. I, I title of it is "Till Victory Is Won." So it's about the the Negro National Anthem, with every voice to sing. Last year I did Tuskegee Airmen. So every year when I do these Black History collections, I try to tell a story that people can relate to that is just not just another red, black, and green jacket. This has a story tied to it. And even before the jacket came to production, and when I said till victory is won, uh-huh. I said only one person that I can tag to do this, and it was Mama Soul. And I called her and I say, I need a favor. I said, we're doing this uh, Black History Month campaign and I need you to be the face of it. And she was like, wow. She was blown away. And I got with the Pistons. I said, yo, whatever y'all got to do to make it happen, make it happen. But I need Mama Soul to be the face of this. You know, and one thing about me is that if I'm in position to see other people win, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to give them that position. Because that's when you know you truly are great when yeah. you're able to step away and let other people be in the lead of what you're doing. Yeah. So you know, she did a phenomenal fucking. She job killed it. Uh, she yeah. it, it was like like I don't know if we can be nominated for an Emmy for that, but I think we should be nominated for an Emmy with that. And that and all credit goes to her. Like I told her, I said, listen, I'm not gonna tell you what to say because you know what to do. Just be you. And when she said it's frequency and fabric, yeah, and just the little shit that she was dropping. When she was said is more said than done and none. Oh, she just went crazy with it. Where it was like, oh shit, this it. And you know what's interesting? Like that was like the cherry on top for me. Like I haven't, you know, I I, I just seen you with every fucking who's who and pictures all over the place. Right, right. You know, and I'm like, eh, you know, I'll never get that guy on the show. When I when I seen that, yeah. I, I I told Rita, I was like, we got to get him on the show. And like she was that, like, oh, that's no problem. One phone call. He, well, you know, like, so. Rita's but she's family, though. That, yeah. that's, that's family, so. Rita's just so fucking dope, bro. Like, she knows everybody, so. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I, I tell people all the time, man. Hey, man. I'm the easiest person to approach, man. I'm I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I, I, I run away from the attention that so many people seek. And I've always been that way. I've always been that way. But when you got family that calls you, then I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Yo, I haven't seen the hoodie you got on. Uh-huh. Oh, a- oh, this was the collection that we did with Starter like a year or two, almost two years ago with Budweiser. So it was a whole collection we did with Budweiser and Starter. And it's a little, it's a little sentimental to me because my dad was probably the number one Budweiser drinker I've ever known. Like that—that that was the thing, Budweiser. For us to do that, and it actually came out the year he passed, so he never had a chance to see this. And I was excited oh. 
to actually see this because he would have wore it loud and proud, especially his Budweiser. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, but but we keep it going, man. We 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 keep it moving. You know, even though they're not here anymore, like my mom, they're up there making moves for us too. Yeah, man. I lost both my parents in 2020, so I know. And so I lost both of my parents in 21. I yeah. lost my both my parents nine months apart. Yeah, my mother. May pops was July. Oh, so you was you you was hit hit like that. Yeah, it's crazy. And let me tell you something. Even though mine was spaced out nine months, when put it like this, I love my father. Love him. Love him to death. He's my dad. But it's nothing like when you lose your mom. Man, listen. I'm being real. That that nothing else mattered in this world. And and unfortunately, I was there to see her take her last breath. Mm-hmm. And the two moments, two moments that would change you forever, watching your mom take her last breath and watching them close that casket for the last time. And, you know, you know, it's, it's like I didn't want to see that. I had literally told them, you know, when I because I'm the oldest. So I had, to, you know, go do all the funeral arrangements. And oh, yeah. Oh, man. And I told I told the funeral guy, you know, I actually I told the pastor, I'm like, look. You know, I, I just don't want to see my mother. You know, I don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As soon as I walked in there, mm-hmm. first thing I see is my mama. Yep. And oh my God, man. Like, it's just. And I tell you what, that gave me a strength that I never knew I had. Because I know I, what you mean. Like, like, like you, like you, I knew I had to do everything. So I have a little sister, right? And uh-huh. I have siblings. Well, well, I got one sister, right? But I have family and all that stuff. But I knew that I was the only... And this is not a knock. This, this is not a knock. But I knew I was the only one that my mom could count on, even while she was alive. So it was no way that I had to suck it up and I had to... When I say the strength, when I say the strength, I, I, I suffer from, like, anxiety and slight depression sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you carry the world and everybody's problems on your shoulder, you have nobody to go to. It's right. I don't have a Superman because I'm Superman for everybody else. So I just knew that was probably that was my most fearful time of my life, knowing that if the day comes where I lose my mom, I'm going to lose it. Well, and I'm going to stop saying mom. I didn't have a mom. I had a mama. And it's a difference. It's a difference. It's a difference between a mother and a mama. Like, mama is everything. Like, mama is all that. <laughs> you know, mother would discipline you and do things like that. Mama would go upside your head. <laughs> and, like, like, come on and bring your ass in here and get something to eat. And you know what it's like, though? It, it, it's, and I, t- I used to tell people, you know, my parachute died. Damn. Damn. Yeah, you know, because like it, I don't care what happens on the planet. Like that was the one person, no matter what. Yeah, I could depend on. Yeah, damn, know, I and, never said like that. That 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 right there is a dope ass analogy. That's true, because now it's like it's all on me. Now I'm by myself for real. Even though even though you can be married, kids, everything around you. You still can't pick up the phone call and get that advice or get that word of encouragement when you need it. Oh man! And then I wonder how the fuck she did it all the years. Yeah, man. What? That's why. That's why. That's why, dear mama. I know it's gonna be corny to a lot of people, but dear mama hits home so hard, hard, hard. What what I what I feel better about is that I honored my mother. You know, like when my mother went through some shit, Mm -hmm. but. I also w- was able to mature to the point where I honored her existence and she knew right. how I felt about her. Right. The one thing I can say, too, is like, my, I am my mother's legacy because she didn't have a quote-unquote legacy because she gave so other people can have. She went without so so many people can have. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody came before her. Even her that's, that's her legacy, bro. So now I look at it and it's like, I'm my mom's legacy. 
because don't don't worry about Tom Hopkins. When you see Tom Hopkins, you also see Patricia Hopkins because that's who raised me to be who I am today. On how to love, on how to respect, on how to obey, on 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 on, on the Lord, on everything that you could possibly think of, right? Mm-hmm. It's through her because that's how she raised me. I am I ain't no punk or no shit like that, but I'm a mama's boy. And I'm I, with that shit. I am too. Yeah, and I wear that shit probably on my. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what nobody's saying about it. So, yeah, yeah, I'm past that point of giving a shit, man. Yeah, you know? <laughs> oh, um, the Pistons. How, how did that relationship develop? You know what? Uh, I have great friends there at the Pistons that we was friends before we even started conducting business, mm. and that was actually during my my time at Mister Allen's when I was there because I was constantly putting out piston jackets and I was out selling the pistons retail store (laughs) when it it came to jackets right and you you would go inside Little Caesars Arena and you would see more Ty Mopkins piston jackets than you would see piston jackets period so they said hey man we got to figure this out and we got to figure out how we can team up with you (coughs) things going so the first couple of years, right? The first couple of years, it was just, you know, notable drops. Like 313 Day, Black History Month, Christmas, things like that. But this year, it took a significant role because they 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 penciled me lead storyteller for the 1989 Pistons and the 2004 Pistons because it's the 35th anniversary of the 89 Bad Boys and it's the 20th anniversary of the 04 team. So they said, can you come up with something and tell a story and do it the time options way? And uh, I was like, sure. They was like, well, what would you call this program? I was like, well, since it's the 35th anniversary of 89 and the 20th anniversary of 04, let's call it 3520. Hmm. And they were crazy over it and they loved it. So I, I released a series of jackets and I host their podcast that they do this year called 3520, where we have talked to Isaiah Thomas, uh, uh, Rick Mahorn, Lindsey Hunter, and we got a couple other guests that we got to talk to, too, just so they could tell their story about that year when they won the championship. So if you go now to the uh, Detroit Historical Museum, you'll see the jackets on full display for that 3520 museum. So, you know, it's, it's been a match. It's been a match made in heaven because you know, I like if you if you a real Detroiter, you grew up loving the Pistons. Oh my especially god! That, especially that bad boy team and that going to work team. Oh man, that bad boy team, bro, was every yeah. team. Yeah. I, Isaiah Thomas could do no wrong in the city. Well, I'm lucky that he is one of my mentors, and and I talked to Isaiah, and oh my god, when, it's fucking just gonna drop that name on me, okay? <laughs> no. I, <laughs> Every time I see Zeke, I tell him, man, you just don't know, man. You just don't know, man. You you raised us, man. You Because he was the first person to give us a voice. Man. As a city. Don't get me wrong. Nothing against Barry. Nothing against the people that came before then. But but Barry, I, Barry had a grit for the city. Barry I, was just great at what he did. Barry he went just, home. Oh, he just wanted to play football. Yeah. Isaiah, Isaiah was one of us. And I tell them that all the time. I say, you raised us because you gave us a voice. When everybody was talking about Chicago, L.A., Boston, New York, he put us on the map where we got eyes on Detroit. You know. And so, yeah, I, I tell Isaiah that he's probably, he's probably the only one because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not easily intimidated by anybody, right? I don't, I don't, I'd have been around some everybody. You name them, I'd have been around them. But when Isaiah walked into the room, you you, you 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 sit up a little different, you know. You you talk a little different, you know. So that because that's the that's the respect that he's the man. He don't he don't ask for it, but that's the respect that he is given from us. Yo, what about Joe Dumars? Joe Dumars is a cool guy. Joe Dumars is cool. Joe Joe is still quiet though. Joe is just a quiet assassin. Oh man, Joe Dumars. You see. Get Jordan. I still hate Jordan to this day. Well, it, it, I, I know, and, and and I tell people all the time. That, <laughs> and 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 when I used to go, 
when I used to go to these Nike meetings in Chicago, mm-hmm. they used to hate me because they knew I was about to talk shit about Michael Jordan. <laughs> they knew it. They knew it was coming, right? I'd be like, y'all really should be thanking me because we raised Michael Jordan. We made him who he was because he was soft until he started playing against the bad boys. The bad Man. boys made him to who he was. So y'all really should be thanking us. Really should. Start us talking shit. Oh man, we we getting almost fist fights because they, they, they love Michael Jordan in Chicago more than they love Isaiah and Isaiah. It's is, from there, right? Right. The disrespect. I know. The uh, your collab with Skrill and Motu VJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I had Skrill on the show. Okay. Shout out to him. Uh, I had Bama Solo on the show too while we had it. Uh, but he was telling me about the collaboration a little bit. And that the coordinates on the bottle go are, are where you were well, raised on, on the twelve thousand block of Rose Line. Whose idea was that? That was uh, well, what we wanted to do, right, is come up with something that was gonna be different because I I just didn't want another wine bottle. I wanted to be a collector's item. So our partner in Mo Two VJ, his name is Willie the Kid, mm-hmm. and he's from Grand Rapids. He's a national loan artist. He came up with that. So when he when he, when he put that on the bottle, we looked at it. We was like, "Damn, this is this is actually dope." So yeah. so I would say that. So I would say that that was Willie the Kid. How how do I get a bottle? I got where, you. Where, where do I buy it from? I got you. Oh man, if you gonna send me some shit, I want some starter shit, bro. Hey, the, the red, black, and green shit. Oh my god, bro. Do you get any pushback for that? No. Why? Well, because it's corporate America. And red, black, and green. Sh- no. If, if if anything, we need to push it more. I I fuck with the uh, the uh, the bomber jacket. The uh, yeah, the one we did last year for the ski Airman. Yo, that was crazy, right? Yes, there. yes, yes. So I'm glad you asked that question, right? Because we have come so far when it comes to releasing apparel, right? Mm-hmm. And we did that collection, of course, with the Pistons. Mm-hmm. We did it also with Fanatics. And this was the second year that the NHL requested that they wanted it this year. I'm going to say that again. I'm surprised by that. I'm, I'm going to say it again. The NHL requested that they be a part of this. That's that's how great. That's the same look I had. Although, just side note, I went to a, a Red Wings game when I was in middle school, maybe. Mm-hmm. To this day, most exciting sporting event I've ever been to. Shit Listen. Lit. Listen, I tell people all the time, if you haven't been to a Detroit Red Wings game, you missing out. I can't speak on no other city. And I've been to a hockey game. I, I, I've been to uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights. That is dope. I've been to, of course, the Rangers in New York. But it's nothing, nothing, nothing like a Detroit Red Wing game. It's probably the greatest sports experiment I've ever had, experience I've had since a couple weeks ago. When I was at the line, when I was at Ford Field, when we won a home playoff game against the Buccaneers, I I had chills when I tell you that I've never experienced nothing like that in my life. Like 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 we was, we was. There. Fucking, man. I know fucking. that's okay. That's all right. I couldn't even watch the Super Bowl, man. I'm at work. They're like, well, who do you want to? I don't give a fuck, man. I hope they both lose. <laughs> Just get away from me. Yeah. Because I just didn't envision, like, getting that close, let alone the possibility. I just could – I'd given up hope. My team is just going to be trashed the rest of my life. I, you know, hey, we got championships in every other sport. I'm cool with that. And that's why it meant so much, right? Because – Oh, God, man. One half away from going to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, and I, I feel bad for Coach because he, he. But I'm not mad at him. 
Because I'm not mad at him. I feel bad for him. That's what got us here. Everybody, everybody, everybody can coach from the couch. Yeah. Everybody can coach from the couch. But that I wasn't mad because that the way he played is what got us to where we're at now. Because check this out. If Josh Reynolds would have caught the ball, he would have been Dan Campbell would have been a hero. No, you know what it is though? At the end of the first half, uh-huh. he, when they went for that field goal, I know. He wanted to go for it. Yep. And I think that fucked with him the rest yep. of the game. Yep. Yep. Because I remember I'm sitting at home and I'm like, oh, we got a lead. They're like, oh, yeah, y'all about, y'all going to win. It's a good. We, I, 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 I literally said we, we need to be up by 21. Yeah, because it's still the Lions. Even yeah. though even though it's a new Lions, like when it went to halftime, I'm I was like, oh, my God, I hope we don't lose our momentum. Because the way we came out, bam, bam, bam. I was like, oh, fuck. This shit is about to happen. And then when the ball bounced off his face mask and the other guy caught it, and the play I'm talking about, you you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And when I seen that, I turned it off. You know what that reminded me of? That fucking uh, immaculate reception. No. No. I was talking about something in Detroit sports history. Oh, no. When Isaiah threw the ball. Oh, just, it, I, I, I had, I had kind of got, forgot, intentionally forgot about that because of that. Oh, that just fucking pissed that me off. That was that moment. Bad. That was that moment. And I was just like, yeah. Yeah. So was I mad? No. Was I hurt? Yes. I wasn't mad. Yeah. I, I think no. I think we, I think we mourn together as a city. I'm still mourning. I mean, I'm still. I, I'm. I'm proud. I'm able to talk about it. <laughs> Yo, what is it like being able to dictate what people gonna wear? Uh, it's a blessing. And I won't. I won't. I, I won't say dictate. I won't say that. I every time put it like this. I just play off of what I know can give you goosebumps. Because even though, even though the okay, perfect example is the Detroit Lions, right? Perfect mm-hmm. example. Perfect example. Look at all the years we were bad, and I was still sell out of the Lions jackets. Because one thing, and this is a tip for anybody who's watching this and and, and want to get into sports license and all that, mm-hmm. when you become creative with this stuff, right? You gotta you gotta come out with some of the dopest shit because. Nine times out of ten, maybe sixty we wearing it for the team, but the other forty percent we wearing it to represent the city. Yeah, because all I would of, go the opposite with that too. Yeah, but you got to think about this. We was I was selling out of Red Wing stuff, and you you couldn't even tell me the average person who was buying a jacket didn't even probably knew one player. The only player they probably know was Steve Eisenman. But they couldn't tell you anything about hockey, but it represented the city. Yeah, that's why that that that's why that Detroit Tiger hat is so iconic, because they can't even tell you ninety percent of the roster. All they know is that is that old English D, that rep- the D. That that's all I count. I, I can name one. I can't name one person on 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 the, the uh, Tigers. Right. Not a, I, I've been to the stadium. Mm-hmm. The, the new stadium is dope, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, it's not a bad seat in the house. No, not at all. But I still had no clue what was going on. <laughs> but you thought you were going to wear your tiger hat. <laughs> we, we had a good time, though, man. What's the top three pieces that you've, you've, you've designed? In no particular order. You don't have to, no. Uh, damn. That's a good ass question. Nobody's ever asked me that. I, I try to at least get one good question in. No, no, nobody. Damn. Because <laughs> everything I do is out of the emotion. So they all, I, and you know what? I ain't going to take the sucker route. Like, oh, they all mean something to me. All of them. Okay. In no particular order, right? No particular order. The very first Detroit Lions starter jacket I did with Mr. Allen's because it was the first. Okay. 
that's always going to be number one. Uh, number two is going to be the 1968 World Series Detroit Tiger Jacket I did because I did it to pay homage to one of my Detroit sports heroes, Mr. Willie Horton. And he embraced it. And I actually got it hung up, signed in the man cave, framed and all that. That meant something to me just on just on how I feel about Mr. Willie Horton. Mm-hmm. As not as not only an athlete, but as an activist for the city. Right. And if you don't if you don't know about his story and what he did in the in the sixty seven riots, you Google it and look at it. I actually have been to his house. Yeah. Yeah. In high school. I went out once with uh, what's his daughter? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Didn't work out. <laughs> one of my heroes. And the last one, since I got to pick three, I would say when I was young, my first ever, my first ever starter jacket was a Philadelphia 76ers starter jacket because Dr. J was one of my heroes too. Mm. And during that time, you would look at the magazine ad and he was the poster boy for starter. And I always wanted a Philadelphia 76er jacket because at, at, at during our age, who didn't idolize Dr. J? So I remember going up the street to this uh, store. Back in those days, they called them flea markets. Yeah. I went to Juno's, right? From Grammar. Mm-hmm. And we went up there to get something. I don't know. I probably got a name belt buckle or something like that. So me and my boy Deshine, he had on a cold ass California Angel zip up jacket, starter jacket. And growing up in Detroit, when somebody walk up on you, the three words you normally would hear was what up though? But the three words you don't want to hear is check it in. <laughs> and and that's what I heard. Yo, hey, come here, check it in. So I got it stolen. I got my Philadelphia 76 jacket stolen along with my red and white patent leather kind the Dr. Oh. J. So, ironically, 30 plus years later, who would have thought that I would be a creative director and creating stuff for starter? And I said to myself, I'm about to redo that Dr. J, that, uh, Dr. J jacket, and I'm about to get that jacket back into my collection. And that right there will probably be one of my favorite items ever because something that got stolen from me, off me, 30 years later, I was able to recreate it again and put it out and sell it out and sell it with the story that I called it the check it in jacket. That's what we call it. We call it the check it in jacket. And we sold it out. We sold it out in a matter of maybe a half an hour in the sounds. That's yeah. crazy. So that... That Philadelphia 76er jacket is always gonna mean something. And shout out to the guy who checked me in. I, I wonder what he's doing now, but he's a bum. Life I, life has been horrible for him ever since. It's been but a misery. But, but listen, listen. <laughs> like you couldn't have made this scenario up that I get robbed for a jacket and 30 plus years later I work with the company to put it back out again. That's crazy. Okay, this I don't know if this is putting you too much on the spot, but who's your favorite designer or, or, or brand owner out of the city that, that is not related to anything you're doing? Maurice Malone. Currently. Currently? Yes. You know what, man? And this guy, this guy really deserves, he deserves to be put on the pedestal, right? And I'm not saying that because He's like a little brother to me, and I mm-hmm. genuinely love him. His name is Ty Haygood. He got uh, he had, he had a clothing company called District Eighty One, and okay. then now he's doing his brand, his high end brand called Octane. So, I used to talk to Ty every day, and I, he would just ask questions. I would just offer advice. And I would just do things, and even to this day, he still calls me, and I still mentor him on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's Ty Haygood. That that had a hell of a run 
with his District 81 T-shirt company that went on to did military shirts and jeans and all that. Now he's he's killing it in the high-end boutique lane with Octane. So I would say it's Ty Higgins, hands down. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I fucks with uh, Roll. Oh, yeah. I oh, think yeah. This, the, especially the, uh, the Jordan idea, I thought that was a beautiful piece uh-huh. of work. Yeah. Um, I fucks with Fame. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the story, oh man. 313, I, I love, yeah, yeah. I love the story. So all man. these guys, I literally watched them come up from 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 the beginning. I remember when Fame used to kill him with the with, with, with the dollar t-shirts. He had the t-shirts, he had the dollar laminated inside the t-shirts, and he broke down the meaning of one dollar. <coughs> so yeah, I, I've been around for that long. I mean, when you started off as Strictly, when Strictly was damn near starting off, bro, that's... And that was the that was the best era ever. I'll tell you right now, that was the best ever era for fashion, especially for urban designers. Because at Strictly Sportswear, we watched and we helped because we bought it. And I became friends with Damon John with FUBU, of course, Maurice Malone. One of my mentors is Carl Kanai. What's he doing now? Mark and I are still killing him. He's killing him overseas. He has a huge following overseas. He's, he, he still does millions, hundreds of millions of dollars overseas. And then also we came in the beginning stages of Pelly Pelly. A lot of people don't people a lot of people don't know Pelly Pelly was, was started here in Detroit by Mark Buchanan. And they could do no wrong when they came out. Mark Buchanan went to Cooley High. I did not know that. Yeah, went to Cooley High. And and who what else came about? Uh okay, so you had Fubu, you had Fuji yeah, when Kuji first came out. You just fucked my head up with that one though. I didn't know he went to Cooley. Harvey Cannon went to Cooley High School, born and raised in Detroit. Just like uh like Mike Illich. Mike Illich went to Cooley High. I feel bad that they went to Cooley, but uh, you know, I get they they did all right. Once again, like with my high school, everybody couldn't go to the to the great Detroit Southwestern. Bro, nobody wanted to go there. Listen, we gotta stop, man. Stop, That's the man. greatest high school of all time. Come on, man. Everybody in the city knows it's Ford. You mean Ref Ford or? No, no, no. Stop it, man. It's disrespectful. You know what Ford I'm talking about? Henry Ford. No, y'all had the fuzz sickle colors. That's all right. That's cool though. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we had the, we had money too. Henry Ford was a good option if if you got kicked out of Rafford or. <laughs> yeah, Southwest was a good option if you was on the run. <laughs> nobody finds you over there. <laughs> Listen, I I don't think nobody has an alumni like us. We 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 go anywhere from Jalen Rose to to Big Meach. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How, yo, how did how did you end up meeting Cino? When I was working at Northland, Sino was this young cat that was just started rapping, and he, he would always come in and buy stuff. Like he was like, "Yo, man, I want you to dress me. I know about you. You know, I want to make sure, make sure I got all the new shit first. Make sure I got all the new shit first. And so we, we, you know, we we built a tight relationship. Like that's one of my brothers. You know, that's 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 my guy. You know, him and his little brother Manny, Manny Harris, mm-hmm. that went to Refford. You know, I mean. You know, uh, yeah, I, I've been on Sino almost twenty years now. Yeah, yo, and, and what they are doing over there? Uh, oh my god! Uh, and watch out for his son. His oh, son. The, the kid at Renaissance? Huh? Yeah, that, that's the kid son, at Renaissance, right? His son gonna be a beast, dog. He gonna be just like his uncle Manny. He listen. Watch out for little Alfonso. He gonna be killing it. That's what's up, man. I love to see that, man. I love to see. Well, first off, I love to see fathers. Yes. Yes. You know, I don't really care what you do and how you do it. Yes. You know, and yes. fathers. First, especially in our community, they act like we, we we ain't fathers. And let me put let me go do your research. Black men spend more time with their kids than any other ethnicity in this country. Yep. Yep. He's hands on. He he'll go film. He'll go film for eighteen hours and come back. Make sure his kids go to school. Make sure they get picked up from school. Make sure they listen, man. Yeah, yeah. No, great guy. 
when it's all said and done, what, what, what will you be most proud of? Of the people who I put on. The people who came after me, the people that say, hey, Ty, Ty, Ty made me a millionaire. Ty helped me. Oh, because because it, it, it's, and I tell everybody, it's, it's never about me. It's never about me. I want to make it, I want to make it where people didn't have to go through the shit I went through. Because I went through a lot because I was the first. Whenever you the first, well, Maurice was the first, right? right. Maurice was the first. And then once he got it, I caught the aftermath of what he couldn't maneuver through mm-hmm. and things like that. So, but it's two different eras, right? So Maurice did it with a little bit of television. Like I remember one, one of my proudest moments didn't come from me. Mm-hmm. One of my proudest moments was seeing somebody on New York undercover wearing a Maurice Malone sweatsuit because I'm like, yeah. that motherfucker from Detroit, he went to McKenzie. I literally watched him grow into what he was doing. So that was one of my proudest moments. And trust me, I didn't have everybody, right? I didn't mm-hmm. have everybody from 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 Justin Bieber to Young Jeezy wear my shit. And in between. But when I saw Malik Yoba on New York Undercover wear Maurice Malone sweatshirt, that's probably one of the proudest moments I've ever had in my life. Because it showed that you can come from here and do it. Yeah, convince your man to tell his story. I don't care who is too. Just when, when whenever you think about him, think about it. Let your fine mojo, okay? <laughs> to this, day, to this day, fine mojo looks like right. I'm not gonna forget that now. You, you didn't etch that shit in my brain. And, and 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 you know what? I'm like that to an extent. Like, and I don't mean to be. And listen, I tell people all the time, right? It's hard for me to do podcasts because I feel like I'm just tired. I'm not interesting. I'm just tired. That's how I feel. And I'm just like, you know, and to this day, I still get uncomfortable when people want to take pictures with you. Because I'm like, why do you want to take a picture with me? I, I'm, I'm just tired. But I do it. And the thing is, I got to loosen up because I got my own podcast getting ready to come out soon. So, but I, I, I never did it for the attention, man. I did it because I love this shit. Like, this is all I know. Like, I don't know how to paint a house. I don't know how to work on cars. I can't do any landscaping. I'm not cutting no grass. I'm not doing none of that shit, right? But I know how to build a brain. And I know how to build a collection. And I know how to get your ass fresh. That's what I know how to do. And you, do ever I- think about, you ever think about putting your store back in that spot? I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh-uh. Especially now, because we we live in an age now where, and I hope it changed, but retail is is sad right now. Nobody wants to work. Nobody knows how to. The art of selling is gone. Meaning that when I was at Strictly or when I would go to some of these places like the Broadway and City Slicker and things like that, even Four Men or things like that, right? They would have a customer book. Where things will come out and they will call these guys. These, these guys don't know how to sell no more. Because maybe the companies that that own don't really pay commission anymore. And I really don't have the time to sit in the store mm-hmm. eight to ten hours a day because I'm doing so much. Thank God I'm doing so much stuff that that really won't give me the attention. And it won't be fair. It won't be fair. I got you. Yeah. If that makes sense. I, no, no, no. I, I, I get it. Right. You know, um, do you ever consider buying starter? No, they're not going to sell it to me. <laughs> or or a starter? No. Mm-mm. Oh, you'd be dope at it, bro. I know, but once again, them people ain't going to sell it to me. <laughs> No, I don't think they're gonna sell a starter. No, no, that's that's not gonna happen. (laughs) I think Michael Jordan got a better chance of buying Nike. Uh, He, even as much money as Michael Jordan has made Nike, Phil Knight would never sell Nike. Well, Michael Jordan had the chance before the first contract. Yes, yes, And, and and he didn't either think of that. 
-hmm. or you know he went in another clearly he went in another direction it worked out for him yes um but yeah like he, he literally could have at least had a nice chunk of ownership and and i tell people this it's uh even though as detroiters we really don't care for michael jordan but nobody will ever do what he done what he's done with 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 gym shoes never yeah, yeah. It, yeah and so one thing let me say this when we be at these summits i be fucking their ass up when i say gym shoes because they say sneakers <laughs> i'm like yeah you know these gym shoes they like gym shoes i'm like yeah what y'all call them these are sneakers no these are oh, gym shoes yeah i've been there just like i spent a lot of time on the east coast i spent a lot of time in new york i say pop they say soda it's just weird to me i'd be like Yo, what kind of pop y'all got pop what's that i said pepsi Coke. oh you mean soda no i mean pop right and then they would get mad and shit. no they, bro it's so defensive like y'all write about everything man nobody care they, <laughs> but i think us I, I think I think pop is a Midwest thing because they it say is. Chicago, they say it in Indianapolis, they say it in Milwaukee. They say it here too in Cleveland. So except in Atlanta, everything is a coke. Really? Everything is coke. Let me get a coke. Let me get a coke. Let me get a coke. You know what they call Kentucky Fried here? Kenny Kings. Apparently, they call, they call Kenny them. Kings. They call them Kenny Kings. Apparently, it was some guy named Kenny King back in the day that owned so many of them that he. They identified Kentucky Fried Chicken with him more than the Colonel. Oh, so he pretty much was our our Brady Keys. Remember Brady Keys on all these? Oh, oh my God! Yeah, I ain't heard that name in a long Man, I'm time. I'm dog. I'm Detroit. I'm oh De my really? God! <laughs> I I'm from the real Detroit. I'm not from the social media Detroit. Oh my God! Now, now, now you got me thinking about Mel Far flying across the fucking sky. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm about to fuck you up with this one. Your clothes not clean unless they're singletons clean. Oh my god. Yo. Going to the cleaners was a whole experience back in the day too. Yes. Le Levon Hawkins. I don't I don't Levan Hawkins, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, who is I can't, who is that? I don't remember Levan Hawkins. He had all the pizza huts. Oh okay. He had the pizza huts. But no, like you said, man, listen. We used to listen, nobody would ever, 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 ever out dresses or out cleaners. We yeah. are in the beauty salon, barbershop. Nothing would ever, nothing would ever beat the Easter hair shows at the State Theater. Listening to the radio with the DJs, Marvelous Marv. You going down the club? You the first one hundred. Oh, club oh Inferno. God, Shout out to all the girls with the burgundy hair. Man, I still remember going to the dancery. Mm-hmm. Wait, no. Oh. Fact, I went down there, man. Showing you how how uh, little how, my intelligence was at the time. Man, how about if you branched it off and you went to the motorcycle clubs? You went to the outcasts. Yeah, that was an experience right there, bro. That that <laughs> if you was a boy, you became a man that night. Man, no, that was a fucking experience right there. Right around the block from where I grew up at, we had the sons of Zod we had the zodiacs. Yo, um, I had drunken mass on the show. Uh huh. And I like because I remember him from him and my cousin used to date. Okay. But I didn't remember uh, we had we had I, I was telling him the story about how we went to this after hours, and that boy got shot up. And he was like, "Yeah, I was there." Uh-huh. And you, me, and your cousin was in. The, we had to go in the basement because she was pregnant at the time. Oh my God, man! I'm telling you, man, it is a it's a big city but a small world. It's no place like this city, man. It's oh my God. No place. Have I had opportunity? And I tell people all the time, have, have I had opportunities to leave this place? Yeah, but I'll never leave Detroit because Detroit never left me. me, I, me. Didn't have, I didn't have a choice, man, because I was making just really horrible life decisions. No. Hey, I understand. But like I tell people, I, I, I would never leave Detroit because Detroit has never left me, meaning that they, they have supported everything I've ever done because I come off real and organic. Thank and you, that, do, bro. And that's the one thing about Detroit now. If you real, they got you. But if you start if you start getting on that bullshit, they ain't afraid to call you out neither. They're gonna let you know in two point two seconds. They gonna let hey, yeah. Nope, I got you. 
Yo, if anybody wants to get in contact with you, how do they go about doing that? Well, you know, I'm everywhere. Blah, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, at T-Y-M-O-P-K-I-N-S. I still think I still think I got my Black Planet page up. I mean... <laughs> Check him out on MySpace. <laughs> America, all that shit. No. Oh, my God. number is such, such, such. I got you. Oh, and you know, I still got a beeper up there sitting over For there. For real? Yes. A Ram one? I don't, I don't even remember what, what brand it is. I just keep it cause, just because. So you grew up on 7 Mile South, so you probably went to Progressive Pages, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, rest in peace, Ramon. Good guy. Yeah, man. It, it, it was, man, it was a beautiful, a beautiful experience. I still remember, you know, green grass and, like, going to 7 Mile Southfield now, man, it should look like a bomb dropped on it, man. It's, it's just I know. heartbreaking. And, and that church of chicken still standing. My mother used to work there when they first opened up. Because hmm? it used to be a, it used to be a, 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 a fruit yep. market right on the corner. Yep. On the other side of Southfield. Yep. Oh my God! And every summer, some kid would get hit. This little, uh, what was that on Vassar? Little bridge. Right, 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 right there on the service drive. Yep, right there. Yep. Every summer, a kid be ride their bike down that thing. Bam. And then you as a kid, you couldn't wait to get grown up to go inside page one, huh? Oh, my God, man. And, you know, eh, not, not, not really because, you know, once when I started driving, uh -huh. we started, you know, the city got way, way smaller. Oh. You know, and I, I, I got my license at 16, so it was out. You know, so I started, you know, we started hitting spots. Detroit was big, but it was very small. Oh, my God. Anyway, man, I'm going to let you go, man. I, I know you got shit to do. I appreciate uh, it, brother. We gotta do no, part two, man. Let, let's set up part two. Absolutely, man. This was absolutely because beautiful we conversation, even, bro. Even scratch the surface of this industry and the shit I've been through and what I've done. Well, I, that was the intent, but man, we got to talking, and man, it just it just morphed into just a beautiful ass conversation. No, I got you, and hey, all it's gonna do is set up a part two. I'm with you. Just let me know whenever you need me. Yeah, uh, yo, how, do, the the uh, the the starter jackets and shit. What, do we just go to starter? Starter.com or, or Foot Locker or Fanatics. Okay, got you. I appreciate you, bro. You have a good one, man. It's been an honor. And, we, and we'll definitely set up part two. Let's do part two and three and four. Hey, you can come on weekly if you want to, bro. It's up to you. We're going to talk. I got you. All right, no doubt, bro. All you right. Have a good one. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Yo, man, come on, man. Ty fucking Mopkins. Yeah, yeah. Look, bro. I don't know about you, man, but like when I say legends, man, I don't be fucking around with y'all, man. And it doesn't get any more legendary than Ty Mopkins. Look him up if you have to. Anyway, this has been Jobs. It's another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. Man, Jesus Christ, I had like <laughs> probably 15, 20 other questions. <laughs> anyway, uh, next Thursday, I know you're not going to believe this. We got three shows on Thursday. Blame me, but we got Head Crack coming on at 3.30, uh, Millionaire Joe coming on at 5, and Biff Lawson, Biff Lawson has been doing his thing, man, producing TV shows, oh, your boy is is about to be that next one, anyway, um, I'm out of here, I don't feel I don't feel all that hot, that, that, that helped though, that really did, beautiful conversation, yo, shout out to the connected experience, man, and all, come on, King Ron, man, you already know, bro, we, all, we already locked in, man. Um, on that note, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the show, and I'm out.